Welcome back to the DDC e-commerce podcast. Ep 15, we're on. We've got a pretty cool topic where we're going to dissect a new structure that we've put in place for our agency and for our partners and give you the inside scoop on 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 that structure and, and how we're implementing it for our partners. And I'm, I'm joined by Jack, as usual. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, mate. Yeah, another good podcast, another good episode. Um, yeah, a nice, nice little sort of segue into a topic that maybe we don't dig too much into, you know, like the actual inner workings of what we do. So, um, yeah, excited to chat about it. Yeah, yeah. We don't usually talk about the inner workings, the inner secrets. Yeah, the secret sauce. Not really. Secret sauce. Not really, yeah, but, it, but I mean, it's so important, isn't it, to where like to where we're heading and, you know, maybe, maybe give me a little bit of... Uh, yeah, insight how we how to how we actually sort of you know, struggle through some different changes as we, we speak about quite a lot like the, the space changes so much. Yeah. So how our structures work and how the model works changes with that, and how we work has to change with that. So yeah, 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 for sure. So where to start? So let's let's start with just a bit of an overview on how we've restructured our pods. So essentially, you know, for anyone listening, a pod usually consists of a lead media buyer, a lead strategist, and a creative strategist. That team is usually applied to um, a partner brand. So mm-hmm. let's let's chat about what we've done here to, to kind of essentially the let's go through the aim. So the, the aim of this restructure is we have been working in this space enough in the last six to twelve months where we know that really the number one needle driver needle mover is creative right so Mm -hmm. we needed to look at how we could come up with more creative concepts and increase creative output which resulted in moving the needle for partners and growth right that's the that was what we decided we needed to improve on which led to a not a not a massive restructure but a pod restructure yeah 100 percent yeah, I, the, yeah. The the biggest thing really is, well, the, the simplest way to put it is that we we went from what was probably a heavily media buyer focused structure to now this sort of like middle point, I guess, between media buying, of course, being extremely important, and you know the structures that we have in place in account, and what the media buying is doing, media buyers doing is obviously very very important, like they're the front line, but also bringing the creative. Uh, strategist really into the uh, more of a position of power I guess and bringing more um, depth and, and time for them to sort of allocate to a more select group of clients rather than less creative resource spread across multiple clients we're bringing more creative resource in and splitting that between smaller number of clients so we can really you know create the impact that we talk about so much on these podcasts about pumping out as much creative as possible coming up with different hooks and concepts um basically just powering that up to xing that and that's what the pod structure hopefully is gonna give us the ability to do yeah so essentially how this starts so this is how we initially look at it so we look at let's say the first of every month we have blocked out creative strategy days where the pod will spend a half day to a full day conceptualizing all creative concepts so all ideations for that month and then map that output for the entire month so 
what that does and what we notice and what we have noticed and what we still notice is that if you're trying to come up with creative concepts under pressure the output is never as good as when you're sitting down mapping planning and exercising new ideas and then planning them through the month so that they're just flowing through to the media buyer so i think that's probably the biggest thing that that this does right it alleviates that intensive pressure to then go okay where are we going creatively right now it lifts that weight right that's that's a that's probably the biggest thing that this achieves in my view yeah 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 100 percent. and i think yeah one big thing that we notice and uh, we talk about this a lot is that being on the front foot is where you want to be always and if you're on the front foot then you know you're, you're moving in the right direction you're able to scale you're able to get the client to a good good spot so i guess this framework or model allows us to be on the front foot right from the beginning of the month there's like you said like there's no scrambling to create a concept at the time when things are a little bit you know wobbly in an account we're like we need something that's quickly a bit of pressure you know that we need to make something happen whereas this allows us to be like we've got depth we know that there's x number of creatives coming through for each client each month um as a minimum and it, yeah it gives us a sort of um safety blanket or stability to know that there's there's stuff coming and we've already got it sorted ahead of the t- ahead of the um yeah we don't have to be reactive it's ready ahead yeah. of the time yeah absolutely and it keeps fresh concepts coming so it like helps you it helps you not get too stuck in one area doesn't it it helps yeah. you know that there's there's a there's a combination of like ideations new ideas new concepts and iterations coming through right so it keeps that yeah. it keeps the media buyer open-minded to an extent as well around the direction the same for the creative strategist around the direction that we're going not underestimating the power of continually testing new concepts not getting too stuck on iteration cycles which can which can happen as well so Mm. in terms of the infrastructure essentially uh, one one concept so one idea would then output two to three variants right so the one idea um, outputs two to three variants, which could just be hook changes, background image changes, or slight tweaks to design that all fall under the one idea, right? And then yeah. each partner brand has set output per week that comes through the creative team, approved by partner, and into the media buyer's hands each week. So we have minimum output numbers that we need to meet to ensure that consistent flow right yeah yeah so in my in my view what this allows most is more um management of budget and a wider view of what's actually happening in account without getting too panicky behind where do i go with creative where do Mm -hmm. i go next where do i turn next it alleviates that and it allows the media buyer to go great we did conceptualize this at the start of the month when we were thinking free we spent a half day to a full day coming up with all these concepts they were analyzed in an unpressured environment to an extent to then just go okay cool i just need to back the process to an extent yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah it, it, it allows definitely for the for the media buyer to be yeah like you said freer you know to have the freedom to go cool i've got this creative coming this week um you know i know i've got this creative coming 
every week, this batch of creatives. Um, I just need to now, you know, utilize it in the best way possible. And, you know, you feel like you're ahead of the game. And also it kind of does give this opportunity because when we say output and set output per week, it's a minimum output. So it's not by any means um, the only output. I think it's like the minimum output that gives us this layer of comfort. And then from there, there's probably a little bit more freedom to go, cool, I've seen this new concept with X, Y, and Z work, or I've seen another brand run this concept. I'm going to try that also on top of the stuff that's coming through in the monthly creative run. Um, and know that you, you have a bit more freedom for that because um, like if, you're, if you don't have that uh, like scheduled creative coming through, there's this pressure that the creative, the concept that you thought about on the spot there needs to work. It needs to be the thing that turns your account around. Whereas now you know that you can go out there and play around with these concepts and they're just additional um, wins when they work. You know, they're additional angles that, that you open up and unlock alongside the more, uh, I guess, um, strategic creative that you've already scheduled for the beginning of, at the beginning of the month for the, you know, for each week. Um, so it just like brings it brings depth and it takes away reactivity you know it brings more creative it it brings more opportunity um for both the creative strategist and also the media buyer so um yeah it's pretty exciting yeah it brings it that's a good point it brings a much sturdier foundation of like ideation like new concept creation which is yeah. kind of like how we look at that minimum, right? The minimum is essentially minimum new ideas, but the iteration mm. the iteration cycle is continuous. The iteration cycle is based on an ad winning, creating an alternate brief or an iteration brief, right? So it's essentially like the ideation foundation and then everything else the media by doing, like I said before, is that taking a step back and looking at, okay, cool, these are the concepts are working. Now, where's the power of the iteration coming from? And that brings mm. that 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 brings a a strong combination of the two, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It does, it does, it yeah. does. Opens up that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about just briefly. I think you know majority of uh, majority of people listening to this would know that creative is absolutely critical, and honestly, everyone bangs on about it. But that's because it is the difference with these mm. new media buying structures and all the all, all those types of things. So how critical is it right now to have a consistent flow of creative to prevent that stale strategy and consistent results for a partner like what how critical is that right now and it's an open-ended question but keen to get thoughts yeah yeah no it's it's oh, it's the main thing at the moment i think you agree with this we, we we jump into our ads libraries quite quite often and go right let's have a look at the total number of ads we're running for a client and typically, well, this is very generically speaking, the clients with the most volume of ads in their ad account are the ones that are doing the best. You know, that's, you know, a lot of our ad accounts sit over 100 creatives live at any one point. Um, so that's sort of where we want to get to with every client. And that's really going to be the way that we unlock growth. And then on, on the other side, Facebook in particular, Meta, is really, really pushing everyone to do this. You know, we're seeing things... Um, creatives fatigue a lot quicker ads in general fatigue very very quickly um and you know the adb structure that we spoke about last time really is meta saying you need to do this because this is how you get the win this is how one we're able to like prevent fatigue but also meta's able to go to take up to 150 ads in an adv 
and find the one that works the quickest. Like it, it feeds so, so heavily on volume. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Super important. It's 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 massively important. If you didn't have it, you're not doing anything. Like you can't media buy your way to success now. With like no. five, let's say you got every month your your brand or your internal team, your partner's dropping you three to five creators a month. And they're saying, hey, just use these and media buy your way to success. It's not going to happen. Now, that's a good segue into a funny note. So, like, we're very, very bullish on creative, right? Absolutely. But what is still critical is media buyer. Like, Mm. what is undeniably still critical is media buyer. So, for context, you've got a creative team that's pumping you, let's say, 10 creatives a week. If your media buyer is not utilizing those creatives in the right way or learning the right way or analyzing the right way and feeding that back through to creative, you'll struggle because your mix will be off. And if your mix is off, the account struggles, right? We see that time and time and time again with partners. It's very easy to be mix on and things going really, really well to be mix off and get your testing cycle wrong, your budget split between testing and winners wrong. I mean, that's just like bread and butter, right? So media buying is, you know, although it seems to be getting the the, uh, the wrong end of the stick a little bit, you know, it's all creative, creative, but the reality is, is yeah. that a great media buyer with a great creative flow is a, is a weapon, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good spin because really when you look at this pod structure that we've we've implemented not only is it allowing for more creative it's allowing the media buyer more time to do their job like it's it's a it's like a two-pronged approach really like we're bringing someone in that's got more time for creative for a set number of clients so so there's more content coming through and you know that's obviously a massive part of this and that's what we're talking about um and then the media buyer also gets relieved of their the pressure um, regarding creatives and then they're more able to yeah get the mix right you know feedback on what the hooks are that are working create this collaborative um, sort of area arena within a pod that you know the creative strategist and the media buyer are really really working together on what's working what's not working and um, and like you said yeah having the right structures in the account making sure the ads go into the right place make sure we're run, running the right bid caps in the right areas and that you know, we're not, you know, overspending, underspending, like all those things that we we typically um, have spoken about in the past, still really relevant. Um, and yeah, I guess the pod structure really does push for that side too, as well as the creative side. So it's, it's both sides, definitely both yeah. sides. Yeah, certainly. Now let's touch on the, let's touch on the, uh, how critical is output versus quality conversation. Um, because we're talking output, we're talking high volume, um, and but we're not sacrificing quality. So there's a there's a there's very much a, a middle ground there. But what's your thoughts on that conversation of output volume first quality? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting conversation. It's a really interesting conversation to have because yeah, um, yeah, we've spoken in the past on previous episodes about the ugliest ads being the best performing ads. You know that's that that often is still true, yeah. um, but also you know the reactive state that we can get in sometimes with 
trying to improve things quickly and trying to get briefs through does deliver like an element of bad poor quality ads so i guess it's it's, it's how you what you determine is poor quality is it poor quality in the sense of what the ad looks like or is it poor quality in the sense that we're not hitting the right hooks not resonating with the audience we're not got the right first three seconds of the video you know like things like that that's probably more of a poor quality that's how that's how i'd say it's an ad's poor quality is if we're not hitting those elements it can look beautiful but if we're not hitting the right hook or the right three seconds then it's never going to work so yeah. um yeah in terms of quality i think quality is extremely important in the sense of strategy um yeah. and this pod structure does help that because we can sit down and go this is what we need from the ad. These are the hooks we need in the ad. These are the things that we know resonate with the audience because, you know, at the moment we've been running all these post-purchase surveys to see what, you know, particular clients and customers, um, what resonates with customers for particular clients and, and using those in our strategy sessions for creating creative. That's where the quality is, I think. Um, not necessarily in if, an, if a creative is beautiful and perfectly curated. Um, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. That's a that's a really mm. really really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So now let's touch on a little bit around design output, and you know we've we've built a design team now that can you know output forty to fifty plus creatives a week. What 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 in your opinion is has been critical to getting to a point of being able to achieve that? Because when we're trying to achieve five to ten. Um, creative concepts for a partner per week you know that can be 10 15 ads for one partner that's significant volume so what do you think's been critical um to that and us achieving that yeah there's there's a few things there's a few things um i think you covered one bit earlier is you know getting a good concept that you're able to iterate on quickly you know change your hook change maybe cut it slightly differently so those things can come into the number of creators you're getting through, you know, like you might have three or four similar ads that you can, you can, that all come, sorry, all stem from one original design with different hooks, so maybe a different image or, or something like that. So that's one way. Um, we're always repurposing um, via sort of organic channels, which can really help, you know, like pulling reels from, say, the organic channel of the client, um, which is great. Um, so, you know, really expanding on where we're pulling content from. So it doesn't have to be from one area. It can be, you know, a graphic that's created by a designer. It can be something that's really organic. It can be something that's, um, you know, product-centric. Or yeah, there's so many different ways you can go about it, but it's just about utilising what you've got and making sure that we're, you know, not putting all our eggs in one basket. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and uh, yeah, that's probably, probably where it sits, like making sure that the designer's utilising their time in the best way possible. And then... From from in, like a, an ideation standpoint, um, platforms such as Foreplay that we've recently started using are really great at spurring ideas and pulling through ideas. So essentially, essentially, Foreplay brings through Facebook ads library, TikTok ads library, and we're able to sort of go through and select ads from competitors or brands in the same space, and you know, come up with concept based around concepts based around ads that are already running for those brands. Um, which also helps with the speed of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then tack on the back of that, a, a deadly design team that understands how to make direct response right is critical. Of course. 
so that feedback yeah. cycle to, t- to tack onto that is, is, is critical and foreplay is a great plug that's for foreplay.co as you'd imagine mm. that being spelled that's a that's a great plug that's something that we've been utilizing that's been so good for coming up with new concepts when you're just feeling a little uh, a little flat on on a on a new idea for a brand that's a good plug um mate that covers it it's been a pleasure as always i'm i wonder what we're going to talk about next week i'm not actually sure and we've got a few ideas uh yeah we did somewhere so we'll, we'll dig through the dig through the library well i think um over the next couple there's there's got to be some some chat around q4 it's coming up quickly so i'm sure that's going to be in there somewhere no doubt no doubt thanks mate thanks mate